Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden. Here with my two lads, Mike and Raf. It's been uh, a, a pretty hectic week for me. Uh, what's been going on for you guys? How are you? How are you traveling, Mike? How's your week been? Up and down, dude. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. The week started out great. It's almost uh, Christmas break already. It feels like we just came off the of Thanksgiving break and all that craziness, and then there's a gap. And then it's like you ramp up at work and then you ramp right back down because, you know, Christmas leaves coming back. But, yeah, it started up pretty good. And then halfway through the week, we had this big PT thing and I jacked my back up again. Uh, I don't know what to do with it, man. I'm, I'm very frustrated and... I don't know. I need to take a new approach or something because I was on the mend and I literally just talked about it a week or two ago about, you know, oh, man, I had this injury that I was working through and like I feel like I'm on the mend and I'm I'm back up and I'm healthy, which I, I was. And it was just like one little tweak and my back just seized. And I was like, son of a bitch. I filled out the rest of the PT. It was about 40 more minutes to go. And uh, I still powered through it and got through it, you know, and I'll say it was a little bit of pride because I had my my um my lieutenant and i had my my ceo in my pt group with me and i'm like if this isn't pressure then fuck but i had to stick it out went through it and it was a workout in remembrance for uh pearl harbor and but it was also for a fallen teammate that passed away and uh we were honoring him so i was like you know what yeah i'm hurting but man I need to suck it up for this one because this is way bigger than me. And I got done with it and I woke up the next day and my spine was literally like crooked with how my muscles tightened and everything else. I was literally crooked and I, I could barely walk. And it was, it, it sucked, Mel. And I, I don't know, dude, I you hit 35 and everything just fucking was crashing down. Yeah. It's so funny. Of, of all, I mean, you know, for the listeners who are not sure about what, Mike does when he's at work, he runs around with scissors at high speed, you know, like that's pretty much a descriptor <laughs> of all the workouts of all the workouts that he was not going to finish. You know, this would be the one that you go, yeah, take a knee, dude. Your, your freaking back is an issue. And he's got the CO right there watching him. And it's a workout specifically for fallen. There's no chance he's going to, there's no chance he's going to stop. Uh, so he wakes up the next morning and he's like, right. Hips touching his right shoulder blade. <laughs> It's not far. It's like a human pretzel. <clears throat> yeah, I had to Man. go to physical therapy again. And he's like, dude, he's like, I lifted up my shirt and they're like, holy shit, man. <laughs> Get on the table. <laughs> and they put me on there and they start grabbing me and twisting me and like pop my pelvis and like everything else. And he's like, dude, I'm not Jesus and you're gonna be hurting tomorrow. But he's like, here, take some, take some meds, take some muscle relaxers, and just drink water. And do these stretches. And I was like, okay, well, how bad could it be? Dude, I woke up the next day and I was like, no fucking way. Like, I got to go to work. I went there and then good old military. I uh, was put in for an x-ray and I'm like, oh man, well, I'm going to go right after work and knock it out. Because you have like X amount of time to go get your, you know, they put you in for an x-ray or MRI or whatever. So I was like, man, I'm going to be proactive, you know, and, and go knock it out right after work at like three o'clock. I get there. There's a big sign on the door. 
radiology is closed today and tomorrow we'll resume operations next week and i was like yeah of course you will huh so i'm like sitting at home like what's wrong with me am i is my disc bursting out of my back am i am i paralyzed you know whatever but i'm glad you're closed for training that's that's good so given that they're closed and in the interest of the taxpayers i figure you don't need to go see a physical therapist again just go see tio's uncle uh uncle albert he'll get the illegal chop shop they'll put chains on either end of you and they'll straighten you like an old busted up chassis <laughs> yeah, i need some painkillers on the side there too i got you i got you yeah. we saw I, I talked to mike when he was on his way home and he was like yeah i got this bag of like muscle relaxants and he sort of held him up and it it literally looked like he was going to recreate a scene from the wolf of wall street where the dude takes all the muscle relaxants and tries to drive his lamborghini it really looked like he'd had not collected the medicine from a, a, a licensed dispenser. It looked like a, a baggie. It's like he'd slowed his car down at the lights and someone had helped him out. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, how, how about you, T.I.? How are you doing, man? Dude, I'm good, man. I'm just over here living vicariously through Mike's broken ass. Hey, did they give you special shoes when they realized your spine was as crooked as a politician? Oh, dude, that's like a great gone. reference. That's a great reference. Actually, if you go back and you do the book episode, I read a book about this guy named Forrest, and it's a beautiful story. I don't know if you've heard it. <laughs> dude, that's a good That's a good one. You know what? Just for that, just for that, watch for it on the show. I will make a meme with myself with Forrest Gump at 10 years old with braces on his legs, and I will make fun of myself. That's, that's when you know you're healthy is when you can – grill yourself because i'm running out of shit with melon and uh raf anyway because every time i like see something i'm like quick on the jump with the uh the, with the memes so i'm pretty quick with that and there's just so many opportunities now i think it's kind of like losing its excitement because literally everything that i look at that's like old illegal busted up or some random shit with nature and lush trees i think of these two and there's just so many possibilities. <laughs> so I think I need to turn the gun on myself and and start, you know, bring back some of the old uh, Mike memes. Yeah. Well, it does feel like you're, you're trying to join the uh, senior members of the club by busting your back up and, you know, finishing the PT and stuff. So I feel like that's just a rapid acceleration. You'll be joining us any moment now. Well, <clears throat> all I need now is uh, a flat head in the back, a... Uh, Patagonia hat, trucker hat, and some rugby socks and shorts and go out and hit my mates. And I, I think I'll be lined up perfectly for the group. So you just need you just need some group therapy. Some a group of chiropractors <laughs> who have rugby boots on. We'll straighten you right up. <laughs> we listen to the show, asshole. We don't appreciate your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh how about how about we get around to the topic, Mike? So you were doing the rounds and you you had a bit of a review back in our back catalog, not your average operator episode. I think it was number 18 was a, a five-year plan, a planning episode where the three of us had sort of busted out areas of our life uh, to focus on. And, you know, we're trying to implement a little bit of the stuff that we do talk about. And we do, we all do a lot of it professionally, a lot of the planning stuff. And the three of us sort of broke it out in that episode uh, into different areas which is, you know, a good way to do it. You know, you can you can get single-minded. Otherwise, like, you might just be thinking professionally and might just be thinking financially. So on that episode, Raph broke it out into emotional, professional, financial, which is good. Mike broke it out into professional consulting and relationship, I think is what he did. And mine were uh, Stephen Covey, 
to live, to love, to learn, and to leave a legacy. So physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. And it's pretty funny because no, no, none of the three of us spoke to each other at that time. And we did still find a way to let's make sure we're not missing major areas of life. And so you had the idea, Mike, that we're now like two and a half years down the road. We had a bunch of stuff there that we talked about for five-year plan. And some of the specifics were that you're going to start getting things to occur in reality once you've put a deadline on a dream. Mm-hmm. That a dream without a deadline is just a, a wish that's never going to occur. And you were like, hey, guys, we're, we're literally halfway down that, that, that road. So let's let's take stock. Let's, you know, a, a critical part of any planning and execution pipeline is that return and, and check and review. It's critical to make an, a you know a mid course ad- adjustment. Every plane that flies from LA to Sydney is off course more than ninety percent of the time, and it's always just those little updates that get it back on track that get you there in the end. So do you want to uh, sort of maybe intro here and let us know what your thoughts were and um, you know that five year plan halfway point here we go no absolutely so every every monday you know i go back and i always post the legacy episode from not your average operator to go back and listen to some of the stuff because it's all relevant with the topics that we have now i'm pushing back chaos so i'm looking through it and i saw the five-year plan and i was like ooh. and i looked at the date and i went through and looked at it and i was like dude this we're at halfway already that went pretty quick and I went back and listened to it and I was listening about some of the goals and like where I was at two and a half years ago. And and then I, I kind of stopped. And uh, last week we had uh, Jeff on and, you know, he came up with the idea of like, man, who were you 12 months ago and what are you doing? And it's kind of like, a you know, it's a long that's a long time. A, 12 months is a long time. But in the span of a lifetime, it's a very short time. And it got me thinking, I was like, man, we should, we should revisit our five-year plan, you know, because we, we talked about it. We talked about how important it is to have a long-term goal and a vision for yourself. And we're, man, we're two and a half years in. So I was like, man, I, how great is it going from who we had? We had Nick, Nick Grossi talking about the, the kind of the present and waking up and being present. Then you go to Jeff, who was like, who were you a year ago and what changes have you made and who are you now? And I was like, man, let's hit the five-year plan as as the halfway mark. Hold ourselves accountable. Do the check like that Mellon was talking about. And and just for everybody listening, I mean, we're not, we're trying not to bullshit you on this on this. You know, I don't want to say show because we're not putting on an act. We're literally just having a conversation, and we actively hold ourselves accountable in these discussions and in our relationships as as best friends and. Uh, it's important. So yeah, I brought it up as a like, guys, we should just do this episode, go back and listen to episode 18, uh, write down what we wanted personally, professionally, whatever we said, and then let's stop and take a look at where we're at. Now, are we aligning with these goals? Have we put in the right work, the right effort? Is there anything that's drastically changed since then? You know, uh, you know, like we talked about in the last episode or two, it was just like strategic, you know, the big picture, and then there's the small actions. And sometimes that train starts and then the big picture changes. And then if you're continuing to do the same small actions that aren't aligning anymore, you're literally going in the wrong direction. Like Melon said, you know, those long flights can get off five degrees or whatever, and you got to stop and, hey, check out the nav and make those make those corrections to hit your X. 
So, uh, yeah, I just thought it was, you know, a good idea to do. And I wrote, I woke up this morning, had some coffee, listened to the episode, wrote down my notes and, you know, let's, uh, let's hold ourselves accountable and fucking make fun of each other. <laughs> One of the key parts in there is that that review has to be honest, you know, like you, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't know where you really are now. So that's like step one in getting anywhere is where am I now before you can ever be like, where am I going? And if you bullshit yourself, as you said, then you, you just, you guarantee that that plan is not going to get to where you want it to go. And so that's a key part. Where am I really as that legit step, you know, and I don't know whether it comes across uh, in, in, in the podcast, but the friendship we have is pretty robust and there's a lot of, uh, you know, banter and, and, and you need a thick skin to survive this friendship, but there's really underneath it, there's a genuine, uh, we really know each other very, very well. And the three of us, I think care enough about each other that we would not go along with a, with a, a platitude. We would not be like, yeah, yeah, you're doing really well. We'd be like, no, 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 this is legit something you need to work on. And, you know, I love you enough to, to have a conversation that's going to be uncomfortable. So strap in strap in for g everybody <laughs> do you want to kick off there mike well actually i'd like to nominate raf to go first because uh you know he stepped away for a second he's such a gentleman by holding up a, a little note to the screen that said piss on it <laughs> 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 which means he had to temporarily leave us and he was leaving the <laughs> opening right when we needed him to be present the most so i'd like to nominate raf to go first so he could oh, that, sounds <laughs> that sounds fair that sounds fair all right, I'll set up the tempo, you sons of bitches. <laughs> um, so like you, Mike, I, I listened before I kind of sat down for the morning. Um, so I woke up pretty early this morning. I woke up at four because I wanted to have a couple hours to just meditate and, you know, really get in a, in a good headspace. Um, and so after I, I did my meditation on God, I, I listened to that episode. And like you, I was actually kind of proud to look back and it actually, I built a little bit of confidence um, when I realized, sorry, my coffee's brewing in the background. Give me one second. But I realized that the steps, that the steps that I had taken, you know, two and a half, you know, two years, two and a half years ago have really paid uh, in some dividends in the present. Um, like Melon said, there's, I kind of just split everything up into three categories, right? My emotional, um, professional, financial categories. I'll just start with the most, I wouldn't call it superficial, but it's just, it's really easy to get into. It's very black and white financially. Um, you know, I started the career that I started because I, I knew that it would eventually give me um, kind of more resources and it would give me a lot more options with my financial stability in the future. And it's, it's already, it's already showing itself. Um, that's one of the perks of flying for major airline is we have really good, uh, incentives. We have bonuses and all that stuff you could use, you know, you could buy nice things or you could reinvest it. And that's what I've, that's what we've been doing. It. That's what we've been doing with that. So, um, anyways, the numbers are even with our economy going down the way it is. Um, I've definitely seen some gains in the last two years. So that's a plus. Professionally, something that I've been doing, I'd say, since I've hit the line, and really, this is something that I've done throughout most of my career, is I've always made an effort um, in whatever category that I'm in, whether I was flying Blackhawks or flying, you know, King Airs overseas or whatever, you know, now I'm flying the 737. 
Um, I, I try to like devote, especially while I'm physically flying, if I have the time, I try to devote at least 30 minutes to like studying something from like a technical manual, whether it's the aircraft manual or it's like company operations manual, um, just because in the, you know, in that little small descriptive stuff, that's kind of where you, when you start to dig down into the weeds, that's where like it kind of helps um, just kind of frame out like the bigger picture. And I think those little small improvements eventually show themselves in the way that you fly, maybe the way that you understand the operation. And, um, and then God, God, God forbid you have an emergency procedure. Um, but if you're a little bit better versed on the aircraft and the procedures and what to expect, it just, it just helps, right? You don't feel like you're behind and suddenly an emergency isn't an emergency. You're just, you're just managing, you know, a couple steps that you don't, that you don't often see. That's it. It's not an emergency anymore. It's just like, Oh yeah, I know what to do. You know, I know that the system is going to react in this regard. Um, so we'll have to call these people and we'll have to land in a runway. That's, bigger than 7,000 feet because we'll be setting a specific flap setting and just stuff like that, right? Now, I'm not a brainiac. I'm not fucking Chuck Yeager. By the way, I heard he's an asshole, so I don't want to be Chuck Yeager. But, you know, trying to do these small incremental improvements have really built my confidence um, professionally, right? Um, and, and I've gotten some positive feedback from the captains that I've flown, like legitimately. Like they've said, hey, man, you're you're on your way to be a, a, you know, a good left seater right so that that kind of um, gives me some confidence in the things that i've been doing and then the last one the emotional piece like i said when i was talking about it, i was talking specifically about establishing a really strong bond with my son and you know kind of building up what my father and i did right like i know that i love my father and my father loves me but there's a lot of stuff that that we didn't do and i i talked about how one of those things was dad never said i loved you and with soren there's not a day that goes by where I don't tell him that I love him. And I know that the bond that I've built with him is, has been like strengthened, you know, 20 fold or, you know, mag orders of magnitude well beyond um, what I could even express because whenever he sees me, especially at the beginning of a day, or I come back from like a trip, the first thing he does, wherever he's on that, he just beelines it to where I'm at. Right. So the fact that he's, the, he associates me with, you know, just putting a big giant smile on his face. Um, like last night, for instance, we were just kind of hanging out and he just wanted me to read to him. So he literally brought a stack of books and he just wanted to hang out with his dad. So these little uh, efforts that I was doing and I talked about it, like, look, man, there are days where I'm, where I'm fucking exhausted. Like I'll come home from a trip and I'm, I am tired, but this is where discipline and this is where having a purpose really helps you out because when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're exhausted, you know, if something is really your priority, you remind yourself that that is the priority, right? So when I'm exhausted, when I'm tired, when Soren wants me to read to him or, or chase him around the house, trust me, it's the last thing I want to do physically, but because I love him, because he is my priority, it's, it's, I'll drop everything and be like, suck it up, you know, stop being a little bitch and just go chase the boy for the next 20 minutes. And there hasn't been a time yet where at the end of that, I was like, well, that, that was just a waste of time. <laughs> like that, not, that hasn't happened once. Right. So there's that reassurance. And then the other piece that I touched on was uh, with my wife and just trying to build a better, like more robust uh, line of communication between her and I, and more importantly, learning to talk to each other. And I can honestly say without any hesitation, without any reservation, we have come significantly further in the last couple of years I feel like, you know, we're not perfect. We still have our, our spats. But there's two things that I've noticed that we don't do 
as as frequently anymore. And that's our arguments are usually settled almost immediately. Whereas in the past, we would spend a day or two kind of avoiding each other or avoiding the topic. Right. And so that's just time lost. And that's important to me because I've gone on here and I've kind of preached out loud about how like current time is the only currency we don't have enough of. Right. So I think the realization of that has really kind of encouraged both of us to like just stop wasting time. Like we're not perfect. We're going to say stupid shit. But at the end of the day, the backstop is I'm in love with her and she's in love with me, even though we might not act like it, you know. And so you have to kind of just set your ego aside. It's easier said than done. There are days where I just want to numchuck her. And, you know, that's kind of like a running joke. She wants to numchuck me. Um, but I will say I'm proud of the effort and the work that we put in, you know, and, and dude, it wasn't again. I know that we need more work because I've even opened up about getting counseling myself just to be a better husband, to be a better father. And that's still in the works. I'm still trying to work the appointment system uh, through my healthcare so that I can get those appointments. And Aubrey's aware of what I'm trying to do. And she wants to be a part of it. So, we're, we haven't arrived. We're not even close to arriving, but we've made some significant leaps. I mean, and it was just, it was nothing massive. It was just literally, you know, simple steps like being grateful, meditating, you know, find your spiritual, you know, um, purpose. Like I found mine and it's really helped kind of center me, especially in the beginning of the day. Um, and then honestly, just everything is kind of like integrated, like the discipline that I've seen in my diet and my working out in my work life, it's all integrated. It also, you know, spills into my personal life. So now that that discipline that I've applied elsewhere is, is actually being applied in my personal life where again, I'm choosing the harder, right. than the easier wrong, right? Like I'm, I'm biting my ego. I'm not wasting days saying that I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, it just, I've really seen a profound improvement and I, and I'm really happy. Like I, you know, cause it's something that I've been revisiting back and forth, but when I really thought about it, I was like, Holy shit, like these little increments, um, like, you know, again, back to James Cleary in the atomic habits where he says like an improvement of 1% equates to like 37% at the end of a year, if you're consistent with it. And I'm here to tell you like it, there's, he's not lying. That is an awesome update, Raph. Like, no shit. And um, Mike and I know that you're not bullshitting. You're not sugarcoating. It's one of the things I want to point out is that that compounding interest that sometimes, you know, people have said um, Einstein referred to it as the eighth wonder of the world, compounding interest over, over, over time. Financially, normally people think about it. But you can also have it in your relationships, and you can have it in other areas of your life that this it's 1% and 1%, you know, it's 1% now and 101%. And then so that the, you know, the annual return over time, it's not linear, you know, like, and so that's one thing. And compounding return is, it's it's not a linear return. So if you keep plugging away over the years with 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 that attitude, you, you, where you end up is incredible. The other one is just your willingness to pursue improvement. It's really clear. It's it's super apparent to Mike and I all the time in these conversations and offline that you're the opposite of the guy who's content and sitting on the front porch with a often with a can of beer and <laughs> looking at the world go by thinking how great he is. You know, like this is this is not who you are. And it's really clear. Like I'm listening to your talk there about, 
you know, what you're doing with your, like you pursued that airline uh, income, that, that resource acquisition that you did for your family and your future, you did that. And that's awesome. And then now you're investing it and you're putting it to use for you and your family's future. And that's just like a massive tick professional development to take the time to continue to review books and, uh, you know, improve your mastery in a professional way to boost your competence. And then the reviews you're getting from these senior captains and whatnot, that's like massive tick. And it's neither of those come from a man who's content with where he was. And then the same thing, a hundred percent in what you've described about your relationship with your son and your wife, you've been like, I can do this better and I'm willing to improve. And what will that look like? And, you know, it's, it's very motivating to listen to you. You know, it, it is motivating to listen to you anyway, but like, it's really good to hear this as a legit two and a half year update on where you started, man. Like I take my hat off to you. It's really. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. That, that means a lot uh, coming from you. I don't care really. I don't care what Mike says. The other thing that I, the other thing that I didn't, um, that I did talk, talk on, talk about, uh, in that five-year plan. And I haven't, it, it's pretty much a standstill is the, the coffee roasting, uh, business that I was uh, wanting to do. Um, and it's really just, you know, I can make all sorts of excuses. Um, but there were just other priorities specifically. Yes. I, haven't, I haven't made this announcement. My wife's going to PA school. Um, there's just been these significant financial, I'm not going to call them burdens. Uh, there's also another personal thing that we decided to invest in um, that took a significant amount of money. Um, so it just, you know, it, you have to weigh your priorities. And is it something that I'm still interested in as far as owning a business? A thousand percent. Um, but I think the appropriate time will show showcase itself. And right now, you know, encouraging my wife to pursue her career pursuits and some of the personal stuff we're trying to pursue is way, way more important. Like, I don't feel like I've, like I'm losing any sort of gain, but hey, go ahead. Well, you're about to lose something because I'm going to grow your ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Raph is not the guy that sits out on his porch and drinks beers. No, he's not that guy. He sits out half naked drinking White Claws and yelling at Aubrey to bring him more. All right. So <laughs> that's the type of guy he's become. It is kind of fitting yet disappointing. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, on a legit note, you know, I remember being out at Raph's place around the same time frame. I think it was uh, just a couple more, a month or two after we were, uh, did that episode on the five-year plan. And we were walking down Raph's road. He, he has beautiful property. You know, he does talk about his property and it's actually beautiful. It was all covered in snow and the, and the, the trees everywhere. And it was just cool. It was just us. And we kind of stopped and we're like, dude, you realize like where we're at right now and, and not, not just physically, but like life. And it really felt like I was walking down the road with like my brother and to share that moment of scenery and the things we talked about, you know, we talked about Afghanistan years prior and then like, dude, did you ever think we would be here right now doing this? I have this house, this property, you're out, flew across the country and we're sitting here doing this. No, absolutely not, dude. I never, never thought about, man, this is where this relationship is going to go. And just, you know, that walk was very significant to me. And then all the work pretty much that I've seen after Raf, uh, you know, I always tell you guys are like big brothers to me and mentors. And when I see you make the decisions that you made and hear you struggling, you know, like there's some things that we just don't share uh, because it's, it's very, very close. And it's a respect thing that should be there. 
And to see the the big moves that Raph has made for himself, for his wife, for his for his son, uh, you know, going away to the job that you did, you were sixty on, sixty off, like sixty days for how freaking long? Going over to combat after you retired from the military after twenty years, still putting yourself in harm's way, but you're like, dude, this is not just for me. This is for my family to build what we want. And you had to sacrifice, you know, like your military career ended. And this is like, I don't want to be gone anymore. So what do you do? You turn around and you're gone because you had to make those moves. You had to make those moves. And instead of bitching and whining about it and making excuses, you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to pull my pants up and, and go do it and be the best that I can at it because I know where I want to be. And you know that it was going to take effort and time, dude. And literally, you're the example of how not to give up. And yeah, there's been bumps in the road. There's been hard realizations that you do. And, you know, you just admitted that Melon and I had no idea about a couple of weeks ago. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to counseling. And dude, I was extremely proud of you. Like to, to say that is so hard because it sounds like a weakness, but it's, it's a strength. And I was like, dude, yet again, Raph shows up this morning on the show and he's like, yeah, man, I'm in the pursuit of being better because that's what I heard. I didn't hear, Hey, I'm weak and I'm fucking up. It's like, dude, I, I'm going to take another, yet another step in the pursuit of being better. And I was like, dude, I'm, and I texted you too. I was like, dude, I'm proud of you. And like, I'm, I'm hundred percent behind you. So I'd, I'd say if, if we're grading each other no, we're not, but you know, overall two and a half years, man, I, I, I think you're, uh, you're definitely holding yourself accountable and you're, you're, you're doing the right things, man. And I'm proud of you. I know Melon is, I know everybody else in our circle, you know, we talk about and anybody that approaches me and there's like, how's Raph doing? I was like, he's fucking crushing it, dude. Like, I hope, I hope I'm half the guy you are, you are at 45 or whatever, but not as short, not as ugly. You know, I like my skin tone. Uh, I actually, I could actually grow somewhat of a beard instead of the patchy shit, you know? So I hope I'm not like you in that way, but spiritually and everything else, I'm good. But there you go. There's your, there's your shit sandwich for the for the show, buddy. <laughs> That's none of us know what to say. That's the worst backhanded compliment I've ever had in my life. I word you know, none of us. And may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> <laughs> none of us know what to say when there's just positivity. I still think you're a piece of work, Mister Espinosa. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, boom, Ralph out the gate. Don't want to follow that. I guess I'll follow that. It was good to hear from me, honestly, just to to, to listen to the, the frameworks we had. I thought they were all really good to be thinking about those different areas of your life. So my one's to live, to love, to learn, to leave a legacy, which is straight from uh, Stephen Covey, who, who's worked Seven Habits and Eighth Habit and Speed of Trust and many other amazing and very influential books i recommend everyone uh, get a copy of and have a read. So to live, there was a an element in there of physical health and I also had finances under to live. And it's it's funny to to listen. At that time, my goal was to squat 200 kilos, which is 440 pounds by the end of that year. And I've had like torn meniscus and I've had all sorts of issues. But it's what's funny is um, like I didn't hit that number. So that that deadline did not occur. But what has happened is I've been, I was having like a real long journey of trying to, um, what was actually missing in my life was the love of lifting and working out. And it had never been absent before. And it had been, it was, it was still gone for a long time after that episode. 
but I've found that again recently, I've really been enjoying lifting despite the fact that coming back from knee surgery has been, it hasn't been rapid, but I've been back in the gym and under the bar and I was, I was just about to go before and I, <laughs> I forgot that the episode was not on. I organized Michael to go. I'm going to have to go just after I'm done here. But where I'm at there physically is like, you know, you don't have to wait for the feeling of enjoying something to do something that's good for you. You know, you can commit to do something and there might be a period where you're just grinding. And I think that that's going to occur for anyone. And, you know, but if you keep grinding long enough, you know, you put the, the reps in, you grease the groove, there's many w- words for it. For me, like the enjoyment and the, the pleasure and the looking forward to working out has all come back again. And I, on no shit, I was so happy when I had that feeling of really looking forward to, to hitting the gym. Where I'm at now with with the training, I'm locking like a, a fly-in, fly-out roster of uh, like half the week away each week. And like they didn't have a gym and I was up there going through the building where they're going to, they're actually equipping it. So it's going to be ready halfway through my rotation this week. So I'll be able to give you guys a report. But yeah, grinding away at something that you know is important or that you're committed to, it's not always going to, you're not always going to, be out there going, this is the best thing ever and enjoying everything. And I think that that's one point that I've thought when I was reviewing my goals. Uh, the second one, the financial journey, it's pre- it's pretty funny. The, the financial journey for me just feels stressful and it just always feels stressful. And I'm like, oh, I think at that time, two and a half years ago, I was feeling stressed. But when I look now, I'm like, wow, you know, like I've sort of have done similar to you, Raph, like I've put these uh, resources that I've, this income and, and so on that I've been able to um, earn and I've been putting it to good use and it's been a really positive journey, but the whole time it always feels stressful. And I'm like, so my second thought, the first one being sometimes you just got to grind out the reps. The second thought was, I just think that this is going to be something that I find stressful my whole life due to the way I'm made or who knows, like I, this is something that came up for me when we did a, a marital counseling course, like a pre-marriage course uh, in in South Australia. And it was like, this is what I think is the most important thing that the husband or father or has to do in the family. And that's resource acquisition. And I'm like, okay, that's just in my mix. You know, my dad wasn't there when I was growing up and it was a, it was a tough time to grow up without a lot of resources and, for whatever reason that's resulted in this is a big thing for me. And so it's always, you know, taking on the next thing and the loading up the shoulders and the challenge is always going to be there. And I don't think that's going to go away. So that was my insight too. I just think that the feeling will be the feeling, but a review like this to stop and look back, you go, holy shit, I've actually done really well. So then the third one, uh, the next step was to love. And like you, Raph, like I, you know, you invest time with the kids and it's just, for me, it's just the most beautiful thing. I see videos of my kids when they were, they were three and you're just like, man, I miss those little kids. And then I'll go into Michael's room and he's doing like maths homework and I'll, or he's gaming with his mates in South Africa and the UK and Australia or his cousin. And he'll just put the headset off and talk to me and we'll just talk about stuff. We'll talk about the North Atlantic slave trade because that's what he's doing in school. I'd be like, oh, you know, have you thought about these other countries that were doing slave trading and these other bits of history? And anyway, later I'll talk to him. He goes, yeah, I got back online and my mates are like, where did you go? 
And I was like, oh, I was just talking to my dad. I'm like, yeah, but that's been an hour. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you talk about? And he's like, oh, you know, we just talk. And I was like, that was my third insight, you know, that these investing in the relationship, I'm at the point now where it's not like talking to a kid. It's like talking to someone I actually really enjoy their their time and their company and you're like, shit, he's also my son. And I have them also with Annie as well, you know, and most of the really good conversations with Annie, you got to, you know, you got to, you got to choose your battlefield. So for Annie, you just got to be like, we're going to talk about heavy metal for a while. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll just be talking, you know, complex stuff that my gorilla brain doesn't understand about drums and stuff, but I'll tell her what I like and what I don't like. And it's just, you know, and I have these moments and she, like, I see how happy she is. And I'm like, this is a shared passion we have for this obscure genre of (laughs) people smashing drums and guitars as loud and hard as they can. And so that was my third insight was just that these conversations with the children have added up to the point where they're really enjoyable. And I'm like just feeding a bit of information back. You know, I'm scouting ahead of you by 12 years with the kids, Ralph. And I know that this is what's going to be coming. And the moment you're in now is still beautiful and it's beautiful and different down the road. Inside the marriage. So the second part of love, um, Chesa and I have found like a new level of like friendship maybe or kindness and respect and uh, contentment. And I think I shared a little while ago that really having the feeling that it doesn't really matter what happens, there's going to be, you know, I'm going to be in a plot of ground next to her at the end of the, at the end of time in a hundred years, in 200 years, in 300 years, we're going to be in adjacent plots. And everything between now and then is stuff that we're going to work through. And that changes the flavor of all of the upset. And, you know, it can really put everything in perspective really quickly. And that's been like in the last six months. And like we had a great relationship then, but we've gone through some shit since then. And I I think, again, that, that that will never end. And it's just who are you in the face of that? And how can you relate to your partner? And how can you keep at the front of your mind how amazing they are when you're having a hard time? And and those, they bear fruit. To learn, the third part is um, my MBA. I was really committed to getting that finished and that has not happened. And like life occurred and COVID and some of the investing, like construction, trying to build houses and stuff there and, and work, has there has been a lot of stuff. And so I was really thinking about this. I was like, man, I've not, I've not been my word. I've not hit a deadline here. I've not hit this goal, this dream with a deadline. But it's... It's like more important things came up and I adapted the plan and I have no shame in saying that's a bit like you with a coffee, you know, like you're achieving your family financial plan in a, in a way that works better or you would have pursued the coffee and that's still something that might happen. And so I'm like, I know that that will occur, but life, you know, so let's adapt inside the plan. The last part was um, to leave a legacy. So in that, area I talked about coaching and I'm still coaching, you know, and I'm really proud of that, that I've been coaching kids now for 10 years. Like that's over 10 years. That's a while, you know, like that's a lot of Thursday evenings with little people. And I've also gone and gained some quals, you know, like I was like, Oh, wow, look at that. This is a goal of mine. And I've got a level one coaching accreditation with world rugby and I'm partway through doing a level two qual there. And the leave a legacy part for me is really tied up a lot with the family and the finances. And I know that that's assured, you know, so I know that Annie and Michael are going to be in a position that I was not in, in my early twenties and thirties. And um, yeah. So 
on a scorecard, I missed some and I hit some, and but I had some insights in the process of being here and doing this review and looking back, you know, about grinding, about the 1% over time is compounding, that um, finding your way to a position where you are so committed to the person your life partner is that you realize all of the rest of the stuff is trivia and that plans need to adapt to the inevitable encounter with reality. So win and lose. That's, Rap, that's you want to grill him first or, or who's open up the salvo here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to, well, I, actually, I just have a question for you, Melon, because I'm sure the people want to know when you're getting your certification for rugby, like the higher the certification, is that do the shorts get smaller? Like, do people know that your certification is higher because you're wearing like significantly smaller shorts where there's not enough material where there should be more material? Are there butt cheeks showing at the high, higher levels? Are we going from like a just, bottom to like a let's just like say Daisy Duke? Daisy Duke is level five. I see. <laughs> so you have the a ultimate little, range of motion. A gentle swell of butt cheek visible at the bottom of the cuff. Okay. Yeah, that's desirable. I noticed Thank the other trend that. too is uh, they wear short shorts and a, and a suit jacket with a tie. Now, if the tie intersects the shorts, is that like superior supreme leader level or like? When they're touching, like when the tie's longer than the shorts, is that some type of level? Well, you reckon like a Donald Trump tie length with short shorts where the tie is lower than the shorts, that would be quite unusual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's just like, you know, is that some type of walk in, like, fuck the world and this is my place type attitude, you know, like the... Mike's, Mike's referring to the club has a comedy like formal outfit where we're our number ones as we refer to it. And it's like from the waist up, it's fully serious, like a club jacket. Like you could imagine a rugby club jacket and tie and shirt and then stupidly short shorts and rugby socks and <laughs> and brown boots at the bottom. <laughs> so, yeah, you can make a photo look super serious or absolutely ridiculous just by the angle of the lens. <laughs> I actually love it, dude. I think it's funny as shit. I, I think it's a great tradition. Um, if, if that's the sum of the feedback, I feel like I've done well. Given yeah. that I'm... <laughs> Missed a, missed a couple of them are big goals, but, you know. Well, no, actually. Go ahead, Raf. Yeah, I was going to say, um, first and foremost, I'm not even surprised by the by your relationship with your children. Um, just because I remember from the very beginning that I met you and I've spent time <clears throat> in your house. Um, even then, I like, even then, I noticed the trajectory that you were kind of going with your children. Like, I just, I, and it wasn't. Like, obviously, it was the time you were spending around him, but it wasn't even that. It was like I, I saw your and Chez's interaction with Annie and, and Michael. And, like, it's – I mean, it's immediate. It wasn't like it took me days to figure that shit out. I was like, oh, this is how you parent successfully. Like, literally. I mean, I started – like, I started legitimately taking mental notes about, like, how I'd like to frame, you know, kind of establish my framework with, with my children in the future because I didn't have children back then. But – um so anyway, so I, I'm not at all shocked. Like, I, I think it's par for the course, like, listen to you talk about it. And so I'm, I'm proud of you anyways, because, you know, you, you did the work, but I'm not shocked one bit. Um, the other thing is with you and Chazza kind of building your relationships, I feel like you and I have been in a parallel in, in that regard where we're like, you know, since we've known each other, we know that we've had, like, great moments. And it's obvious, too, because I can talk to you. And I, can, and I can almost sense, like, 
something's going on in the backdrop, you know? Um, but kind of like you, I think I've also realized that eventually you have that kind of point that you reach with your spouse and you just realize, you know, like we're going to, we're not going to, we're not going to get divorced. So we're, we're going to work this shit out, you know? And then there's times, listen, there are times you're just like, did I make a mistake? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. and I'm sure she's had those thoughts where like, did I huh. marry the right person? Because you just can't even seem to be on fucking, you know, the most trivial things. But um, anyways, I think that's powerful. I think anyone listening that's in a situation with her spouse or their girlfriend or whatever, where, you know, trivial things are getting between you two, it's kind of meeting in the middle and really agreeing with each other that, you know, there is a backstop, meaning, you know, we're not going to walk away. And that gives you a lot of courage. That's wind in your sails. You know, it's a metaphor, but it's it really is wind in your sails. Like it just kind of pushes you in the right direction and it just kind of emboldens you. In that part around the relationships, when you were speaking about yours, Rav, you said a few times, like, you know, I'm still a human being. And like, that's that's the truth. Like you're still going to have your rough bits butt up against their rough bits and you're going to be tired or what? It, life is just going to occur. You know what I mean? Like there's, I don't think there's a point and I think that maybe I thought this in the past at which you turn, you become transcendent and turn into a beam of light. You know what I mean? Where the troubles of the world, they're all behind me now, you know, and it's just, everyone thinks I'm great. And my wife's going to think I'm great every day and every minute, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not transcendent yet. I haven't turned into a ray of sunshine. So it's like, you're going to, you're going to have things you got to work through. And if you are committed to the working through um, in the understanding that this is, this is, it this is lifelong i mean i'm all in everything's on the table there's nothing in my little coin pocket of my jeans i'm not keeping enough for a cab ride home <laughs> i'm all in and i'm not leaving yeah, yeah. and Thanks, i'll man. say it again because it's because it's worth saying love is a verb right love is not just a word you say love is a verb it means you do things for the people you love whether it's building the time carving out the time you know building yourself that you're doing things constantly to, to actually try to manifest that love that you think, or you say, you know, that, that you feel. So just remember that. 100%. That's great. Uh, Mel and I, I would go on a huge rant and just be like, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like no shit. I've, I've missed, I've missed some, like when I reviewed that, I was like, hmm. you know, I never hit that. 440 squat but i feel like i could put that in my future again and be like no 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 and the actual it's like it's like maybe rough with the um coffee company it's like well, what was the real thing i was after and i was like lifelong lifting and uh fitness and enjoyment of physicality and the prominence and importance of it and all that sort of stuff so hey i'm gonna put that again in my future and i'm gonna say by my birthday april 5th i'll squat 200 kilos which is 440 yeah well to be you know go back be serious melon uh, what i have seen and learned from you you know like i've learned from raf and i've learned from you is i've seen you at an expert level be able to shift and manage your priorities and give up your uh maybe your own expectations of who you wanted to be in certain situations to be who your kids and your wife needed you to be and I, I could see you navigate that in multiple ways, physically, uh, you know, with sometimes without even saying anything like, geez, when you got your knee surgery and you're like, yeah, I just got up out of the room and I was walking around like, no, nah, I have things I got to do and I'm not going to feel bad for me. And, you know, like your wife took 
note of that. Your your kids definitely probably looked at that and, and were just like, Dad, you're up walking around. Like you're just like, Yeah, like life goes on. You know, I don't want to sit here and wallow in pity and be like, Oh, my knee and this and that, whatever. Um, and then that, that might have seemed kind of small, but it was big for me, you know, just just going about that and then how you spoke about Cheza and you're just like, Yeah, like we're gonna die together. That's that's just how it's gonna be. And when you say it like that, it takes away so much weight of like, what ifs and oh, well, this, that, whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. We married each other and we're going to die together. And whatever comes is just going to be, it's going to hit us, not me, not her. It's going to hit us. And we're just going to meet in the middle and face it, like no matter what happens. And that just, I don't know, that just gives like some relief to me or confidence of just like, man, that's it. That's so easy, you know, and to hear that from like one of my best friends from both of you guys, you both have said it. it. It's taught me a lot and made me think about my path and where I'm going and what changes I've done and how I want to approach things and think about things. It's like, yeah, man, you guys break it down in simplicity, even though when it's hard, but you're just the confidence you guys have developed has just shown me that like, man, nothing's too hard. It's just whether you want to make it hard or harder than it is, I, I guess I should say. So, um, you know, looking at you, Melon, I, I really admired you with your physical aspect of staying in shape with how you push yourself, even when you're getting older, like I'm experiencing, you know, issues with my body as I get older and injuries and seeing how you're doing it. And you got 10, 11 years on me and I'm like, well, fuck, I can't be complaining too bad, you know, like he's, <laughs> he's doing it. And then just, uh, you know, the goal of family and how you guys are as, uh, as kids and, you know everything else man it's I'm, I'm proud of you too so well i appreciate that man yeah also can i just note and i'm sure everyone else is thinking this too when melon talked about you know being buried in the plot next to chesa like he made it sound romantic when mike talked about it it sounded like a murder suicide where the fuck is he going with this like what kind of dark ass turn is mike taking again uh the Melbourne, yeah, I'm glad the Melbourne Strangler I was talking about over there. <laughs> the shit Melon talked about it, but when you talked about it, I was like, should I call 911? Like, am I about to prevent a murder-suicide? Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Thanks, Raph. Yeah. Ruined it. Anyway. Well, I guess... So let's, hear, let's, let's hear from the youngest one. The one who's bringing up the rear. The less experienced guy over here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I woke up this morning and had some coffee and listened to the same things, just like Raph. And I, I took notes on my phone. I'm literally holding it right here. And, you know, I, I go back and listen to it. And I, I haven't listened to it in a long time. And honestly, I was kind of like, man, what did I say? Like, is there something going to be weird? And honestly, I was uh, sitting I was sitting with my girlfriend and I was like, hey, I'm going to play this. And I want you to listen with me. Like, I forget some of the things that I talked about. I kind of know generally, but I was like, I want you to hear this and then you can listen on this episode later today and see if like, I'm not bullshitting myself, you know, I was like, but I wanted to be honest. So I was, I was reading through it and her and I communicate a lot, like a, a lot about everything. And, uh, you know, some notes that I took away listening to myself at this period, uh, I was at a complete reset in my life. And just you know, being blatantly honest, uh, I, I've just gone through a divorce. Uh, and the other biggest part of me was pretty much my whole view as myself and as a, as a man, as a person, 
was just completely uh, dissolved. Um, there was uh, a relationship I was gunning for that I was 100% sure that it was going to be like the greatest thing of my life. It was coming. It was promised to me. I was hopeful. I was happy. I was like, man, this is it. I finally get to be happy. I finally get to do this, whatever. And I was completely lied to, uh, deceived. I destroyed my confidence, my my love for myself. I had no direction. Like everything I dreamed of was now gone. And I was sitting in an apartment. COVID just spiked. And it was like, I was lonely. The walls were talking. And I was like, what the fuck just happened to my life? I just literally lost everything but my job. And I'm, I'm grateful that I still had my job because some people don't. But I was in a shithole, man. Like, I was like, who am I? Why did I get this? Why am I here? And uh, really start with this journey, really when we started this podcast and talking with you two guys about life and who are trying to find meaning and purpose and direction and rediscover myself, how to love myself, what my goals were, not anybody else's, and try to square myself away before I was trying to incorporate another person in my life, you know, and I knew I was scared hundred percent honest. I was scared about how long that was going to take. And I did not want to be lonely. I did not want to be sad. I did not want to be treated and discarded like a piece of shit. I was scared. And I was like, dude, I just want to hurry up, put in some effort and not feel this way. And I didn't, what I didn't want to admit is like, man, this is going to take a long time. These are some pretty big blows that I took and I don't want this to take years because life is precious. And I just went through this whole stage a couple years prior of, uh, you know, I had a breakdown, depression uh, from almost dying, from losing some of my friends, my teammates. I went back to losing my dad and just really a lot of things start clicking that how important and precious time was in my life that this isn't going to last forever. These stages of life aren't going to last forever. There's a t- there's a there's an end, end state to everything. And it was just kind of like, man, I thought this was like my 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 last big chance to make it happen. And I just lost it. And it was just completely crushing. And I started listening to what I wanted in the next five years. And the first one that I said is, I hope to have someone meaningful in my life again. From what I had and that level, it was like, man, I hope I can find that again. I really do. Because it was special. I loved it. Uh, it made me a better person that drove me every day and it was just such a good feeling. And I, I remember saying I wanted that. I also said I wanted to be a dad. I was very hopeful for that. And I still speak about that all the time. It's, I think it's the greatest title that you could ever have in this planet is having a small child, look at me and call you dad. Like that's forever. Uh, I enjoy, I was enjoying my job and I loved enjoying mentoring, teaching, coaching, all that stuff like Melon was talking about. I was really doing that. And I said, I hope I've become even better at it and find some new levels of mastery. Uh, I also said in five years, I'd be working on my transition plan so I can get out and then start a new career. And I'm still aiming for the NFL to do professional player development and be a consultant and a mentor uh, to those type of uh, guys. And uh, I think I even talked about some like, you know, bettering myself educationally and and trying to grow in that side because I've always been inspired by, by Mellon and Raph getting their master's degrees and Mellon working on his MBA and talking about the importance of education and doing that. And I wasn't really focused on that when I was younger. I was like, I want to 
get into the team and go to war and 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 fight for my country and do the right thing and and get after it and uh that's changed so uh i also at the end i asked melon i said melon it's always important to look at yourself and hold yourself accountable but then to the people that love you the most and that you trust it's always good to look at them and go hey where do you see me in five years like yeah i see myself as this guy but where do you see me you know and melon touched on seeing me being a master of execution, but then transitioning into the coaching of executors, you know, and being able to transition to that manager and that communicator, that mentor. And uh, anyway, I thought that was great feedback and very important to do. Where I'm at now, and this is my honest assessment looking at it, uh, I, I wanted someone meaningful in my life. And I have two of them right now. And I have a uh, wonderful girlfriend that I, I, <laughs> I'll be careful with that word, but it, it's, it's growing. And she has a five-year-old daughter who I just, uh, I love spending time with. Uh, I'm so present and we just sit around and we play games. I, I was teaching her money the other day and just doing little things and, and just spending time. We did Halloween together. Uh, my birthday, she gave me, they both gave me cards and said some of the most kindest words I've ever seen. And there was a little traced hand handprint in it that said best friends forever, you know, from, from a daughter, man. And it's just, yeah, I, I was aiming for one and, and I found two and I I'm, I'm very, very grateful and, and working on that. Um, yeah. Uh, loving my job and my position in life. So I've been in my current job back at an operational team now for about uh, almost seven months. And I love it. I love this position. I love the opportunity to be able to lead men uh, in this capacity to see the strive, the striving jumps and leaps and bounds that they've already made. And we're, you know, we're into the first part of our workup. And I love the guys I work with. I love talking to them. But the fact that they don't leave when I say, hey, you guys are cut for today and they hang around for another hour or two in the in the space, just hanging out and bullshitting with me and talking about life and like everything else really shows me that like, man, these guys like being here. They like the environment. They like the culture. And I just want to keep building that, you know, and, I, and I'm very open and honest with them. And uh, last night was our team party for Christmas. And just going around and I, I had my girlfriend there with me and, you know, I didn't prompt it at all, but she, she, t she shared with me this morning. She's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like everybody I talked to from your peers to your, some of the younger guys to your commanders were all telling me how, how good you are at your job and that you're such a valued part of this team. And I didn't ask for that, but it was very kind of them to say to her and just let her know, like reassuring. And that gave me confidence and reassurance. So like, man, I'm doing it right. You know, and it fires me up that I, I keep wanting to do better. You know, it's, it's a good compliment. You take it in for a second. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's good. But then automatically I'm just like, but I'm not done yet. I got way more things I want to do, you know, and it's like, I want to do even better. And uh, let's see what else. And then uh, I also said, uh, you know, my health, and right now is my back injury 
that's a negative. <laughs> so there's positive, 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 and then this damn thing, my, my back, man, it's, it's just, it's a negative and it's lingering and it's bothering the shit out of me. You know, it's one thing that's holding me back from reaching my potential. Like Melon was talking about, he wanted to reach his lifting weight. You know, it's like mine is I just want to stay freaking healthy and be able to do the basics, you know, and not have to worry my damn back's going to go. And that's something I have to stop and re-engage in, you know, and I got to, I got to slow down, do a reassessment. Okay. I need more physical therapy. Maybe I need to change up my workout again and figure out my, my short, middle, long-term goals physically. Uh, you know, I got to go get MRI done and x-ray done. I got to go physical therapy and readjust, but it's, it's all worth it, man, because it's not about me just getting through the next two years. It's about me getting through the rest of my life, being able to play with my kids, to be able to wake up in the morning and make my own coffee and be independently free and, and maintaining that. So I have a lot. And, if, and you know, I, I wrote down two things on my own self-assessment, which I, I'd like to hear your guys' assessment on myself. But when I listened to the show and then I wrote down where I'm at and what I've been doing now, I said, man, I'm keeping my word. And that's a damn good feeling. You know, I, I set my goals and I feel like I'm, I'm hitting my goals and I'm keeping my word to myself. I'm keeping my word to my friends and my family and those I promised, um, not without bumps. Uh, and then I wrote this next section off of it. I said, you can, and I always want to say this, you can depend on me, even if it takes longer than expected, but I'm not quitting as long as you don't quit on me. And that's how I honestly feel is, you know, we always have these goals and I tell you, Hey, I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. And if it takes a little bit longer because of random shit that happens or whatever, I'm not quitting. I'm still going to figure out to get it done because I gave you my word. And I feel like I've been doing that. So that's my honest assessment about myself. Not all positive that one big negative in there. I'm not satisfied. I haven't arrived, but at the halfway mark, I'm pretty damn surprised. And I'm, but I'm also pretty damn happy and confident within myself that like, man, look at these marks that I'm hitting that I said two and a half years ago and I'm, and I'm hitting, I'm hitting the X's. So it's, um, I mean, that's a, it's a great summary. And the thing is none of the, none of the three of us can sneak one bit of BS past the other two, because we know each other's lives too well to know, Oh no, 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 you just made that bit up. And I would say that, I mean, accepting the part where you, you know, you took your girlfriend to work and everyone's freaking terrified of you. So they quickly told her, yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. I mean, clearly that part was bullshit. <laughs> They've all been threatened with fucking weekend work until the sun explodes. Um, it, 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 it is great. And, and I'll say that the part, there was a little bit just at the end when you're saying like with your word, when you really reflect, reflect on it and you're like, you had the sense of, no, I am actually keeping my word and I know that I'm someone dependable. Like that's a pretty extraordinary thing where you go pretty much then anything can be achieved in the world when I give my word to it. It's not like uh, I'll say something and be like, fuck, you know, is that ever going to happen? You don't know. There'll be a path that'll be found, research will be done, whatever it'll be. And that that's a massive thing, man. And I know... Like I know I've told you guys both offline um, who you are for me. Like there's a very small circle of people that I would want to look after my kids if and when I'm gone and you guys are both in there. So like that's the level of integrity that I think you both have. 
So being able to say, you know, I think all of us heard it from our dads or, you know, it was definitely a, a character emphasis when we were kids, like a man is his word. And that's, that's all you actually ever have at the end of the day. Everything else are just possessions that will come and go. So hats off there. Um, it's really good to to have seen the professional development that you've undergone in the last two and a half years, man. Like I was saying to you to be transitioning to be a leader of leaders and you're definitely, you're definitely on that trajectory. And the education piece of being a guy, you were like, oh, I was never that good at school and, and whatnot. And you went off and you pursued that education course and you crushed it, you know, and like those things go together, you know, like you can redefine yourself in your mind as someone, no, I'm actually really good at this stuff. I've just got to find a thing that I enjoy and that appeals to me. And you've got the ability to deliver in a different way than who you were when you're a teenager. Back issues. I mean, it's good to see all of us have had bits that we're missing, you know what I mean? Like life carries on. Unfortunately, no, no, the three of us are still inside earthly bodies. We're not beams of light. We haven't transcended yet. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. But until then, there's going to be shit that we mess up and our own body is going to fight back, you know, and you're in a physical role. But I really like the part that you're, you're getting treatment. You're going to like exercise. You're going to review plan. You're going to re-execute. And, and that's the way forward. And I think Raph and I both know that the biggest part for you is the emotional part, and it's great to see who you are now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You guys are my sounding board, you know, and uh, I always ask you guys call bullshit or, or hold me accountable on, on any and every level, and I'll do the same for you. And like I said, man, it's just it's just good to know that no matter what comes in life, you always have those people – and yourself that you can depend on that you're not going to give up and i think that's that's probably a big lesson from this two and a half year mark is you know we look at ourselves individually and what we've been through how we progressed or some minor things that have come up and been a negative but the fact also too is two and a half years later the three of us are still here we're still carrying on we're still holding each other accountable we haven't given up on each other we're doing this not just for ourselves, but for the betterment of other people. And that's something to be proud of within itself is two and a half years later, we're still pushing back. We're still figuring out ways to get better. We're still on the, on the same track, you know, trying to get up that hill. Now we're up in the big leagues, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's the song to the Jeffersons. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also that bit that, you know, the struggle, there's going to be, the struggle is going to continue. You know what I mean? Like this, the obstacle is the way. Marcus Aurelius, I think Raph might have said that the other week. Like, don't don't wait for the, you know, for the fun part to start. Like you're on a roller coaster, there's going to be ups and downs and just get on with it. Mm -hmm. Get on with it and keep getting on with it and reassess and, you know, you're back stacked up, right? I'm going to have to do something different, do something different, you know, get on with it. Don't. Everyone, everyone's got a sad story to tell. Get on with it. Yeah, yeah. I just a little closing point. We were listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson yesterday in the car, and uh, it's something that uh, my girlfriend and I've been listening to, and you know we love JP. And he was talking about um, you know just life, relationships, different things, goals, all these different things, how we're wired. And he just talked about having struggles within life, within a relationship, everything else. 
And he just put it really plainly. He's like, think about what you're sacrificing by just giving up when, when shit gets hard. Think about really, what are you gaining when you just quit? When, when things get hard, think about what you're losing at the same time. And he's like, what sense does that make? He's like, especially in a relationship, if, if you're going through hard times and things are just hitting you or whatever, and you just quit, you literally just reset everything and you go back to the beginning every single time. He's like, the level of transcendence that you could reach by never giving up and working through some of the problems, one day you're going to look back and go, ha, huh, look at where we're at and look at everything we've been through and look at everything we've gained. Not what we thought about losing, but look about look where we are and everything that we've gained by staying and figuring out together. And he's like, if you have a better plan for that, he's like, then go practice it and please tell me about it. You know, but he puts things in such a beautiful way. That's so awesome, man. It's just like when hard times come, don't look about what you're losing. Look about all the opportunities and, and lessons there are to be gained to make you better. And I was like, man, that's, that's perfect for tomorrow's show. It brought me into this space to be able to process and think and just be like, man, everything that I've had has been a gift and an opportunity to get better. It's it's awesome. So always good with finishing with JP. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. That five-year plan, you know, put some goals down. Try and break out different areas of your life that are important. Uh, you can see the frameworks that the, the three of us have used. There's plenty of other ones. Try and put deadlines, put, you know, something you can say, did I achieve that? Yes or no. And then there's that ever important step of updating and really assessing. And in the previous episode, we talked about asking for feedback from peers. You know, if you got guts, you'll go and get get that feedback from people in a workplace or you'll ask your spouse, hey, how am I doing as a husband? You know, and uh, stand by for G. And but then you're going to have a data, right? And then you're going to know where you are, and you're going to things are going to get more clear. And the other one is you're going to be grinding. There's going to be areas of your life that are not going to just leap ahead on their own, and uh, you've got to do the reps sometimes. So, uh, yeah, let us know if you guys have got your own goals and what sort of frameworks you've used, what what uh, what you see for yourself now in, in the next five years and how you can break that out into manageable chunks. We'd love to hear from you guys. Again, we've got end of, end of year goals here with reviews. Five stars, the only ones we like. If there were six, we'd ask for them. Uh, you know, And if you've got negative feedback, please, please send it in to Raf. Um he needs a lot of feedback, honestly, because you know he's he's dragging us down. But um, we'll incorporate that and uh, see if we can't improve in the future. And if you've got any questions or areas you'd like us to explore on the show, let us know. Uh, until next time, take care.